I got a heart like Bethlehem on a silent night. There's no room at the end for you to come inside. And I'm way too busy now, and it's much too late. If you'd been here earlier, maybe I could let you stay. You're only looking for a place to be born into life. Where your power can heal and your love can revive And I don't know why you chose to be born into me And it's hard to believe and receive and let you in Cause I got a heart like Bethlehem Well there you are and welcome back to Redemption's Table And it is so good to be back after a long hiatus for a few Advent episodes here at the end of 2022. Before we get started, just want to say a special thank you and shout out to Ross King, who has granted us permission to use his recently remixed song, Bethlehem, for our opening, and we will also go out with Ross's song. I encourage you to check out his music on whatever streaming device you happen to listen to music. Ross King, and the song is Bethlehem. Earlier this fall, I took a trip to Northern California, and while I was there, I visited the Charles M. Schultz Museum in Santa Rosa. When I was growing up, my dad subscribed to the Birmingham News, so I grew up reading the comic strips every day. And my favorite comic strip was Peanuts. So when I visited the Schultz Museum, it took me back. I began reading all the comic strips they had on display there. I found myself literally laughing out loud one zinger after another, and I was reminded how deep, how insightful those little cartoons were with Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, Lucy, the whole gang. So I'm laughing along there at the museum, and suddenly I I came across one daily funny, three frames that I thought were absolutely brilliant. The setting is a baseball game. Frame one, A fly ball is hit to Lucy in right field. The ball drops two feet behind her. Just say, I think in the whole history of the comic strip, Lucy only caught the ball one time. So this was normal. Fly ball hit behind her two feet. Frame two, Lucy returns the baseball to the pitcher's mound. She tosses the ball to the pitcher, Charlie Brown, and as she does so, she says, Sorry I missed that one, manager. I was hoping I'd catch it. Frame three. As Lucy walks back to her position in right field, she adds, Hope got in my eyes. Hope got in my eyes. Not the sun, not the stadium lights. Hope. Hope got in my eyes. I can't imagine anything more wonderful to get in our eyes this time of year than hope. We live in a world in desperate need of hope. Hope should be at the top of everyone's Christmas list, wish list, hope list. What Lucy Van Pelt wisecrackingly observed to good old Charlie Brown, we need to embrace, ingest, and unleash. Christmas, the celebration of the birth of Jesus, all began with hope. Now, if you're a person of faith and you have been in worship these past four weeks, perhaps your church celebrates Advent by lighting one of four candles 
each of the four weeks leading up to December 25th. Each candle represents a theme which Jesus of Nazareth brought to earth upon his birth. Hope, love, joy, peace. Hope is the first candle to be lit. The birth of Jesus came at a time when the world was in desperate need of hope. Quick history lesson. God's chosen people, the Israelites, had not received a word from God through one of his old covenant prophets in over 400 years. When the Old Testament ended, the Israelites were meandering somewhere between the lingering exile captivity of the Assyrians and the Babylonians. A whole slew of conquering armies ruled over them during this time. The Assyrians were eventually defeated. The Babylonians were defeated by the Persians. The Persians were defeated by the Greeks. Alexander the Great's empire was divided into four parts. And one of those four, the Ptolemies, were over the Jews first, and they were very kind. But then another of the four took over, the Seleucids, and they were not. They were brutal. They forced their pagan religion on the Israelites. So a family of Jewish priests, the Maccabees, raised a revolt. They defeated the Seleucids, and the Jewish people enjoyed their independence for a brief while. That independence included the rise of two opposing religious political parties, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then the Jewish people were conquered again in 63 BC by the Roman Empire. And out of all that mix, there arose the Herod family and other factions, the Essenes, the, the Zealots. And this was the world that the Jesus baby was born into. Now I ask, does this scenario not sound familiar? That's one of the things that jumped out at me the very first time I watched all the episodes of the first two seasons on the television show, The Chosen. And if you haven't checked that out, oh, I so encourage you to do so. It is an actual television series, runs about eight episodes per year on the life of Jesus, and it is outstanding. Jesus was born into the world at a time not unlike our own. There was a supply chain shortage of hope. The prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament foretold it this way. In chapter 9, beginning with verse 1, it says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Three things there in those first two verses. The people at that time, they were in distress. Second, they were walking in darkness. Third, they were living in the land of the shadow of death. And then... It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Then a light breaks like a comet across the sky. Only this is no ordinary comet. It doesn't just streak like a fire until it fizzles and the darkness returns. No, this, this light was a great light. This light flipped as the switch. This light reversed the darkness. And all who surrendered to this light even to this day, discover it is only in this light that we can see. Now, Isaiah was writing about the long-awaited Messiah. And you would think after all the Jewish people had just been through, that they would have been overjoyed by this. 
that the Messiah at last had come. But not so. There were so many different parties and, and divisions and polarization. And early in Jesus' ministry, in the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, a Pharisee leader named Nicodemus visited Jesus one night. It was from that visit that Jesus uttered perhaps his most well-known words, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But a few verses after saying John 3, 16, Jesus said this, he said, this is the verdict, light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Now I want to read that one more time with a slight paraphrase. This is the verdict. Hope has come into the world, but men, people, loved hopelessness instead of hope because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the hope and will not come into the hope for fear that his deeds will be exposed. On this wonderful time of year, I would like to recommend a simple prayer for all of us to pray. Lord, may all those around us who are living in hopelessness right now Lord, may your living hope get in their eyes. 1 Peter 1.3, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, later wrote a letter after Jesus' death and resurrection. And in 1 Peter, he says this, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I believe if everyone in this world only knew for themselves how wonderful Jesus is, if they would get to know him, if they would read the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, read those for themselves, I believe if you dove into every word Jesus said, pondered and reflected on every step he took, every miracle, every parable, every mystery, I'm just like, how could you not be amazed by this person? Jesus is the treasure of a lifetime. And yet, as inconceivable as it seems, many have chosen hopelessness over hope. They have given up on hope. It's like that phrase in English football, it's the hope that kills you. As if to say, it's best not to get your hopes up, that way you won't be too disappointed. Now, I like the way Ted Lasso on the television show, Ted Lasso, responds to it's the hope that kills you. He tells his team, AFC Richmond, he says, I disagree. I think it's the lack of hope that comes and gets you. See, I believe in hope, he says. I believe in believe. Now, where I'm from, we got a saying too, a question actually, and it's this, do you believe in miracles? I occasionally will ask complete strangers, I'll ask them two questions. And it's amazing how these two questions really open people up. Two questions. Number one, where are you hurting? Two, where is your hope? Where are you hurting? Where is your hope? And it's amazing how often 
I ask those questions and people will tell me where they're hurting, the, the roughest parts of their life. And I'm a complete stranger to them. If we started asking one another those questions, because see, when we're hurting, most of us won't say anything, but we're just mm, aching inside, wishing somebody would just recognize us. And you ask that question in the right moment, people will tell you where they're hurting. And then you ask, where is your hope? In other words, what have you put your hope in? What are you looking to to help you get over your hurting? Go back to that prayer. Lord, may your living hope get in our eyes. May your living hope get in my eyes. You see, Jesus is the hope that needs to get in all of our eyes, our hearts, our marrow. Jesus is the treasure of any lifetime. He's better than any physical gift we could give or receive this year as we celebrate his birthday. I believe in hope. I believe in believe. For over 50 years ago, I put my belief in Jesus, the living hope, and he has brought nothing but good to me, no matter my circumstances. I encourage all of us, believe in the miracle of miracles. Believe in the baby in the manger, the one who came to show us who God is, the one who came to die for us so that we might live, the one who pays the penalty for our sins that It's our sins that keep us away from God, from having a relationship with God, a right relationship with God. As John 3.16 puts it, For God so loved you, the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, that whosoever believes on him would not perish, but have abundant life. And that life would start right now. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy, Isaiah says. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I hope you know that hope, the living hope, Jesus Christ, the only living hope. I hope you know him for yourself. Thanks for listening. We will be back at least once more before Christmas. And as we head out, once again, let's tune in to Ross King's Bethlehem. Until next time. Bethlehem, and I hide it well. I keep my dirty barns behind my nice hotel. 
And you see my great facade And you're not impressed You tell your story In the manger of my weaknesses You're only looking for a place To be born into life Where your power can't heal And your love can revive And I don't know why you chose To be born into me And it's hard to believe And receive And let you in Cause I got a heart like Bethlehem Oh For years Nobody knew us And now when they hear our name They think of Jesus That little town of Bethlehem He died that night And was born again So when you're looking for a place To be born into life Where your power can heal And your love can revive And I don't know why you choose To be born into me And it's hard to believe And receive let you in I'll let you in Cause I got a heart like Bethlehem